Let me pray for John as he gets ready to preach. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, you know, I found this verse this morning talking about King Uzziah being proud. And then I came to church and opened the bulletin and it says, Forrest is going to speak on pride. And it's like, wow, how God moves. Let me pray for you. (laughs) Father, thank you for Forrest and for his willingness to share the word this morning. And we pray that you would give him words to speak and help us open our hearts. Give us eyes to see and hearts to hear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you will, go ahead and turn to chapter 16, verse 18 of Proverbs. That's where we'll be. I'll be bouncing around scripture as I go through my sermon. I'll try to give you time to turn to it because my wife told me so. And happy wife, happy life. I am going to be speaking on the issue of pride. And the other day, Dwayne called me up and asked me what I was preaching on. I told him and he asked for a title and Kind of the first thing that came to my mind was the problem of pride. So that would be my title for this sermon. Then my wife, as I kind of went over my sermon notes and what I was going to speak on, she's like, well, how'd you come up with this topic? And I kind of told her and she's like, well, you should share that. So I again, happy wife, happy life. A few weeks ago, me and my family went on a trip to Yellowstone, Grand Teton area, beautiful country. It speaks of the majesty of our, our creator and had a good time. And while we were on that trip, uh, I told my family, we're going to go to Custer's Last Stand. And of course, they all smile and everything. And I quickly realized when I turned into the visitor center of the Battle of Little Bighorn, they were thinking of Custer's Last Stand's ice cream. It was hot. Dad loves history. We're going to be here a while as I read all the plaques and everything. That did happen. But as I was there, it got to me thinking about the issue of pride. Because as a historian, someone who likes history, I started thinking of, well, what if Custer did this or did that? And started thinking of different things. And one of the things I realized quickly was Custer's greatest downfall in his fight with the Lakota Sioux wasn't his lack of bravery wasn't his lack of intelligence, even though he did graduate last in his class at West Point, was his pride in thinking less of others. I've watched a few documentaries since. One I particularly enjoyed was it was called The West by Ken Burns. And it really just as I watched it, it really started maybe stir, stir the idea of pride and how it affects us, how it affects me and affects everyone. So how many of you have a problem with pride? Go ahead. Raise your hand. If you have a problem with pride, raise your hand. Oh, good, because I'm preaching to those who raise your hand. But I tell you what, I'm especially preaching to those who did not raise their hand, because in all seriousness, we all struggle with pride. And those who are too proud to admit it, listen up. So Proverbs 16 Verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. 
Now, hadis, not a word we're familiar with. It's just another word uh, saying a pra- uh, pride or proud, a proud spirit will fall. Now, pride is a very dangerous sin. And often, I've heard it said many, many times, that pride is the root of all sins. But I think the worst thing about pride is it's a very deceitful sin. Often, a proud person doesn't even realize that they're proud. Many proud people are proud of their humility. If you will, turn to Luke 18, verses 9 through 14. Now, this is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Jesus is speaking and teaching this parable. So, chapter 18, verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The, The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you I'm not like Other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, when I read that parable, I kind of find it easy to think, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee. You see, it's easy to be proud of your humility. Pride is a deceitful and dangerous thing. So, Let's start off by saying what pride is not. Pride is not having a good self-image or being confident. Don't get the idea that having a good self-image is being proud. That's not so. I want to tell you something. You are a somebody. You have been adopted by, you've been adopted into the family and Jesus is proud to call you his brother or his sister. And listen, Jesus had a good self-image. And I can show you this in John chapter 13, verses 3 through 5. All right, so John 13, verses 3 through 5. Jesus, knowing that the... Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and washed the disciples feet and wiped them with the towel that he wrapped around him. Now that now that is humility. Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he came from God. He knew who he was. He was confident in that. But even in that, what did he do? 
He washed the disciples' feet. Perfect example of humility. So pride's not having a, a good self-image, and humility is not thinking lowly of yourself. I mean, really, humility is just probably thinking, not thinking of yourself at all. Pride is not gratefulness for a job well done. Sometimes we hear people say, oh, he takes pride in his work. I'm not talking about that kind of pride. You ought to do a good job, and, any, and, and you ought to do a job right. Anything worth doing is worth doing to honor the Lord. So that's not the kind of pride I'm talking about. So what is pride? I think there's three characteristics to pride. And the first is pride has an attitude of independence from God. We think, I don't need you, God. Stay out of my life. I got this. Or as the commercial always says, Mike's got this. Now, you may think that's not me. But let me ask you another question. How do you pray regularly? Some of you may be prayer warriors and think yes, and that's great. Some of you may think, oh, preacher, you're stepping on my toes. That's not good. Some of you probably will answer that question like I will, but I don't pray as much as I ought to. And listen, the reason we don't pray regularly is because we don't think we need to. We think we got this. I really think prayerlessness is really a struggle with pride. One of the other characteristics of pride is the spirit of ungratefulness. When we think we earn the blessings that are in our life, pride is taking hold. Think about it. What do you have that you have not received? You may think I earned it. I deserved it. I worked hard for this. But who gave you the strength to work? Who gave you the ability? Who gave you even the breath to enjoy the blessing that you have? It's important to remember that blessings come from God. And the last characteristic of pride is esteeming yourself better than other people. Do you think because maybe you have a college degree or you make so much money or you drive a big truck or a really cool minivan like me, that you're better than other people? That's not the case. But pride esteems oneself better than others. This is a quote from C.S. Lewis. I love C.S. Lewis. And this is what C.S. Lewis has to say about pride. Pride gets no pleasure out of having something, only out of having more of it than the other man. We say that people are proud of being rich or clever or good looking, but they are not. They are proud of being richer or more clever, or better looking than others. It is the comparison that makes you proud, the pleasure of being above the rest. And as I read that, I oftentimes think of social media, because what do we do when we get on Facebook? Oh, we compare. We look at other people's lives, and there's this, I think, social media is not necessarily evil, but boy, it's a slippery slope. So pride is an attitude of independence from God, a spirit of ungratefulness of God. Esteeming yourself better than other people. That's the kind of pride that I'm talking about today. Now, there are several ways that pride will ruin or devastate your life. The first one being that pride defies God. Pride resists God. 
Pride is a fist in the face of God. If you will, turn to Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19. Proverbs 6, verses 16 through 19. I'm in the wrong spot. Verse 16. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and the hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste and run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among brothers. Those are seven things that God hates. And the first thing on his list was haughty eyes, or another way of saying that is a proud look. So why does God hate pride? Proverbs 16, verse 5 says this. Everyone who is arrogant in the heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. And everyone who is arrogant in the heart. That's another one. Is, uh, the King James Version actually uses the word proud of heart there. I'm reading out the ESV. That's strong language. If you're proud, you are an abomination to God. Why does God hate pride so much? Think about it. Was it not pride that created the devil? I mean, is not the kingdom of Satan built on pride? Why does God hate pride so much? Was it not pride that caused the fall of the human race? In the Garden of Eden, when Satan tempted Eve... You think that temptation was just to taste another fruit? I don't think so. The garden was full of fruit. That wasn't the temptation. The temptation is found in Genesis uh, chapter 3, verse 5. And it take this and you will be like God. It was the same thing that caused Satan to fall. It's the same thing that uh, caused the fall of the human race. It's what brought sin into the world. That's why God hates pride. Again, let me quote C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis says, as long as you're proud, you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something above you. God hates pride. First Peter, chapter five, verse five. If you need help finding first Peter, it's right before second Peter. But I could not leave this verse out. This is first, first Peter chapter five, verse five. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Another translation says God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. 
Now, grace is both the desire and ability to do the will of God. And we all need grace. Oh, do we need grace? But grace and pride have a really hard time coexisting. God resists the proud. It's not that God doesn't merely doesn't help the proud. It says God opposes in the SV. uh, King James says resists. God is actively against the proud. Pride defies God. Next thing pride does is it defies man. Pride, it comes out of our heart and it defiles the very heart of man. The seat of pride is the heart. Proverbs uh, chapter 16, verse 5, speaks of it. We, We read this verse earlier. Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination of the Lord. But where does pride come from? If you will, turn to Mark chapter 7. We're going to be reading verses 20 through 22. This is Jesus is speaking here. And he will show us where pride comes from. Mark 7, verse 20 is where I'll start. And he said, this is Jesus speaking, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Pride comes from our heart. It's from within and it works its way out. We're born with it. Think about two young children. You have a little child. I, I work with children, but I know most of you have been around children throughout your life. If you put a child in a room full of toys, he's playing with a toy When another child walks in, picks up a toy that that child's not playing with, what instantly happens? That sweet little child gets up, walks over, bops that other child on the head and takes the toy. Right? We've seen that happen in one way or another. We are are all born with pride and ego and selfishness. Pride is not a learned behavior. We're born with it. It just makes its way out. And that is why we need a savior. Another thing pride does is it divides society, divides people. There's never been an argument, never been a war, never been a divorce, never been a church split that pride wasn't a major factor in. Pride divides people. Proverbs Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10 says this. By insolence comes nothing but strive, but with those who take advice is wisdom. Another, uh, the King James Version says, uses the word pride there. Proverbs 28, verse 25 says this. This, 
He who is of a proud heart stirs up strife, but he who trusts in the Lord will be prospered. It seems to me that pride is going to cause trouble with those around you and is the enemy of unity. Have you ever gotten into one of those discussions with your wife or maybe a friend? You know, that kind of discussion that maybe the neighbors can hear. and You might tell the kids to go downstairs. What's that all about? It's about pride. Your argument is about pride. It's ego against ego. There are no problems too big to be solved. There are just people too small to solve them. If you... If you'll put a problem out in the middle and attack the problem instead of the person, you can solve the problem. But we're not when we are arguing, we're not trying to solve the problem. What are we trying to do? We're just trying to win the argument. You guys know that's true. You've all been there. I'm not the only one. We just want to win the argument. That is pride. Pride brings strife. The next thing pride does is it brings dishonor. Let me tell you one of the great ironies. What does a proud person want? They want praise. They want honor. They want to be esteemed. That's that's what he wants. But you know what pride gets? Dishonor. Pride brings dishonor. If you will, look at Proverbs 11, verse 2. Proverbs 11, verse 2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with, with a humble is wisdom. Does the, pro, does the proud person want disgrace? Heaven, I don't think so. But guess what? The Bible says that's what they get. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 33 says this. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and honor and before honor is humility. Humility comes before honor, not pride. Look at Proverbs 18, verse 12. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty or or proud. But humility comes before honor. Look at this one. Proverbs 29, verse 23. One's pride will bring him low. But he who is lowly in spirit will obtain honor. The very thing a proud man wants is what he loses. Honor comes with humility. The last thing pride does is it destroys the soul. Pride ultimately destroys all that it controls. It's the road to ruin. 
Proverbs 15, verse 25 says this. Chapter 15, verse 25. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but maintains the widow's boundaries. Proverbs 16, verses 18 and 19. We read this earlier. Or excuse me, uh, chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. Pride goes before destruction and the haughty spirit before the fall. It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor than to divide the spoil with the proud. Chapter 18, verse 12 says this. Before destruction, a man's heart is haughty. Another way of saying proud. But humility comes before honor. Remember the story that the, the parable we started with out of Luke 8 or chapter 18, verses 9 and 14, the one about the tax collector and the Pharisee. You see, the Pharisee. Pride got in his way and ultimately didn't wouldn't allow him to realize that he needed a savior. The humility of the tax collector made him see his need for a savior and repent of his sins. And the reality is, we are all one of those two men. Which are you? Let me end by telling you about the grace of God. Remember, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The grace of God is sufficient for everyone today. Now, if you haven't listened to anything else I said today, listen to this. And listen carefully. There is no one so bad that God will not save him. I don't care what you've done, what your past is. I can tell you on the authority of God's word that the blood of Jesus Christ can save you from your sin. And as we accept Christ into our hearts, we begin the process of becoming more like him. We become more aware of our sins like the tax collector. And they begin to lose control in our lives. And that's when we can live in victory. Let's pray. Father, thank you of convicting me of my own pride. And I just pray that you, you take that pride and give me more humility. I, I just pray that you, you used me today to speak your word in a way that would be glorifying to you. In your name I pray. Amen.